0: A photograph is an instrument of love and revelation that must see beneath the surfaces and record the qualities of nature and humanity which live in all things. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography podcast this is antonio and welcome to episode one, two, three, 123 for the middle of july and like i said uh yeah my schedule is um well it's yeah a bit staggered you know uh i think the last one was about a month ago and if you're hanging in with me i really appreciate it actually i wanted to make a shout out to those of you who have reached out and offered your uh, words of support and encouragement for me and uh, my family. And uh, even though I haven't been specific about what's been going on, I, uh, I know that uh, people can relate to stuff when, especially when your family members are, are not well. And uh, anyway, I really appreciate those of you guys who've reached out to me and uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, and told me to keep going and that you guys like hearing what I'm saying. And so uh, yeah, with that in mind, I wanted to make sure that another month didn't go by uh, when I didn't do an episode. I think I'm right now. I'm in a quiet time with uh, with things in terms of the health um, uh, uh, emergency is not the right word, but the health crisis that's going on in my uh, household. So uh, yeah, I feel like I got some time to uh, think about photography and talk about it and share it with you guys. And, you know, those of you who can relate to any kind of uh, thing that's going on in personal life, you have these ups and downs where things can be like hell for a little while, and then they even out for a little while. And so uh, you can take the advantage of those uh, quiet times to, uh, you know, be creative and and share things. And that's kind of what I want to do today because a few things have been popping up, uh, and I wanted to just – I wanted to share them and uh, kind of hash them out Online with you all. Uh, for those of you who are still hanging in with me, I don't know if I've lost any subscribers. And, and, and you know, this is not about having subscribers. It's just about wanting to, for me to share sort of my walk through the uh, garden of photography with everybody, as it were, you know, my experiences and stuff. And, you know, it hopefully rubs off on some of you and uh, gives you other, all the rest of you, something to think about you know, and apply to your own work and stuff like that. So yeah. Anyway, uh, it's been shoot. I, I don't even remember when the last episode was, uh, I'm guessing it was a month ago. Yeah. I'm looking at the, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the, uh, time period of six, I think June 16th, maybe. Uh, so yeah. Um, anyway, what's been going on? Oh, sure, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I've been buying a lot of lenses, <laughs> like, um, finding myself uh, wanting to uh, view the world in as many different ways as possible, uh, and so I've been, uh, I actually purchased a bunch of, a bunch, it's not quite the right way, I've i have increased the amount of lenses I've got for my Fuji system, and and mainly because, I mean, this is kind of leading into what I want to talk about, but um I I have already, uh, if you've been following me, you know I already have a bunch of manual focus lenses, third-party lenses for my Fuji system. I actually don't have any for my Nikon system. Nikon, I always, I always purchased uh, Nikon uh, lenses, and I think just about the time that I was getting out of Nikon and switching over to Fuji, uh, well, that's not really true, but I mean there's always been good third-party lenses recently for Nikon. But I think my adventure in moving into to the Fuji system was also about just trying to find so many new, different, fun things to do and not take it so seriously. I think when my Nikon system, with my Nikons, I, I was just way, way too serious about it. And, and I don't know, It it's, it's probably it sounds like a lot of BS in some way, and it could be. But, uh, you know, when I moved to the Fuji system, it was really just an escape from some, like, you know, a large, heavy camera. Uh, not the optics. I mean, Nikon optics are so great. So great. I mean, I, I use Nikon lenses on my Fuji camera. But, you know, if I wanted to, um, I think if I wanted to sort of change my, you know what? There was no, uh, this is it. There was like no progress for me and Nikon. Uh, it, you know, each new camera was not offering anything much more, much different than the previous model. You know, so uh, I think I, I'm, my latest camera was the D7000. And, and again, that's, you know, sort of the prosumer model. I have a D2X and I have a D300. These are older models, you know, and so I was always up there in the, uh, you know, prosumer range or, or even professional range with the D2X. Um, and then just as, you know, times are getting tougher, I'm I'm spending less money on cameras. But Nikon cameras were expensive. Uh Fuji cameras are expensive too, but not as much as the Nikons. And so if I wanted to really just sort of increase something, I'd have to spend a lot of money on my Nikon. But even if I did spend a lot of money on the Nikon, I wasn't getting at least for myself. I'm not saying this is about the system and, and I still love Nikon and I'm not being critical of it, but for me and where I was in my photography, I'm nothing was um You know, I would get more megapixels for sure. I would get, uh, you know, a bigger, maybe I get a bigger sensor or something like that. Um, Maybe better noise, you know, uh, control or something like that. But there was nothing in the offering that made it seem more fun. Uh, And, you know, I also, I had picked up a Fuji, what is it, the X, shoot, it was their point and shoot camera. I can't even remember the number. It was an X10 or X20. Maybe it was X20. Uh, and and I got that as sort of my point and shoot to carry on with my Nikon, but you know that was the gateway drug as <laughs> it so were into buying the, uh, the X100 and then I got an XT10 and an XT20 and an XT2. Uh, and suddenly I'm just like you know, into that system. but those, for me, the, the Fuji system offered something different. Now, that could have been any camera. I could have bought an Olympus. I could have bought a Panasonic. I mean, everything is different. But I had, I had just gotten the Fuji camera. And, uh, you know, maybe that was sort of at the beginning when Fuji was, you know, doing this new thing and making the retro cameras and whatnot. Maybe I was just in a place where, wow, you know, I would like to do something new. Uh, so, anyway, where am I going with this? I was talking about lenses. Uh, so, yeah, um, so I've been buying, you know, third-party lenses for my Fuji camera. And, uh, you know, my one of my favorite ones is uh, Seven Artisan's uh, 25 millimeter, which is really, it's a 70 or $80 lens, but it has a characteristic that I love and that speaks to me. And so that sort of opened up the, the drawer, in a sense, for, or the door, I should say, uh, to try out other lenses that are from third parties that are inexpensive. And so, anyway... I've been buying a, a few lenses here and there and I recently bought a, actually I bought a Fuji 35 millimeter F2 because, uh, yeah, because, because, because Fuji, because 35 millimeter, uh, and because I wanted an autofocus, another autofocus, um, Fuji lens that fit the system. And I also like that, you know, 50 millimeter equivalent, uh, full frame equivalent, uh, viewpoint, um, for shooting with. And because I have a couple of 50 millimeter lenses, but they're, but they're auto, sorry, they're manual focus. So anyway, it's also one of the things I'm doing while I'm bored during the, uh, during the uh, this pandemic during the lockdown. Uh, and I think I'll, maybe I'll do an episode on the lenses, uh, but not in terms of like a, I was thinking like if I was going to do an episode about lenses. What is it going to be about? And I think it would be really to talk about the characteristics of, uh, of what the, what the lenses bring out uh in in terms of um what are they what what are the characteristics of the lens that that attract me uh and what do they bring out in the subjects that i shoot so I think I might do that it might be a little weird, but uh you know that might be in the offering <laughs> so but where's this leading me uh lenses fuji see how yeah, fuji's lenses um so, yeah, you know, buying, well, you know, buying a, a lens is another way to look at the world. You know, if you have a, um, I don't know, I bought a 12, actually I bought a fisheye lens with my first fisheye lens. I'm not sure I'm going to keep it because I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure that I can see what I'm going to get from it. I'm not seeing what the, um, what the world is going to show me or what the lens is going to show me of the world that is going to uh, excite me. But. It is offering, like that offers me a different viewpoint that, you know, you look through a camera and you look through a lens and suddenly you see something which you may not see with your eyes. You know, we, we have a certain kind of vision. We see things in a certain way. We certainly don't see things uh, fisheye where everything is distorted or if we see, we don't see telephoto where everything's compressed, you know. So when we look at the world through these lenses that we have in our cameras, we start we see things differently and, and that then drives us to take pictures of what we see. And, you know, some things work and some things don't work, you know, but, uh, I, I was, uh, this is, you know, sort of the long way around me getting to my, what I want to talk about. Um, I just relate what was going on. What, what's been last week. So I, I recently just bought the, um, There was a sale on July 4th at Lensbaby, and they had this lens called the Burnside, uh, what is it? Oh, I don't have it here. Burnside 35mm? And it was on sale, uh, and the lens is touted to make a swirly, out-of-focus background with a vignette. And I think I remember when this lens was first came out and it really, it did intrigue me. And some of the pictures they were showing, mostly portraits of people in front of like trees and lights. And so you did see the swirliness of it. And, uh, uh, I was like, okay, you know, you know, I'm bored. And so I, I, I bought that lens and I got it. I got it, uh, last Friday, I think, or last Thursday. So we could go from, uh, or we could go from today, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, last week. Anyway, I generally go and and you know the first thing I do with new lenses I take pictures of my cats uh, and because uh, it's a great way to test the lens uh, and then on the weekend I decided to go to my regular haunt which is you know Green uh, Greenwood Cemetery I've been actually going around in Greenwood a lot mainly to do a uh, walk you know it's a nice place to go and walk and uh, there's some hills there and so. It, Puts the, you know, you, you've heard me before, walking right there, and I'm <laughs> breathing heavily. There's some nice hills there. So I get a chance to uh, work out the heart a little bit, work out the legs. Uh, and uh, But I, when I go in there with a camera, my walks are a little bit different because I'm walking and photographing. So anyway, I had my uh, Burnside on my Fuji X-T2, and uh, I'm walking around, and I'm taking some shots with it, and I'm not seeing, you know, the characteristics of the, of the lens yet. While I'm shooting, I also have my iPhone uh, 11 Pro Max with me, with the three lenses on it, and you know I always have that with me. And uh, I, I alternate between using the Fuji to shoot and using the uh, using the iPhone. And uh, anyway, so I you know I'm walking around and I'm I'm finding myself taking some shots of uh, some of trees. Uh, and finally mainly using my iPhone because for some reason, the, well, the, uh, Burnside lens is, is, a 35. So that's also a 50 millimeter equivalent. It's a 35 or 28. Like, anyway, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not getting, uh, what I'm, I'm looking at the trees and I'm shooting or actually whatever I'm shooting with the lens. I'm not quite getting what I would think I would want to get. So I was a little, eh, bored or, uh, disappointed. And again, I'm not, saying the lens is bad and it's my first day out with it. And I don't quite know, you know, maybe it is not a lens to take to a cemetery to photograph monuments and, you know, wildlife and stuff like that. It's not that lens. Uh, So, you know, I kind of have it on my side. I did bring a couple other lenses with me, but um, you've heard me talk about this app before uh, called Focus, F-O-C-O-S on my iPhone. And it is, uh, if for those of you who haven't heard, or you don't know what it is, or if you're on Android, cause it's not available on Android as far as I can tell. It is a, a camera app that uses the depth, um, uh, sensing of the multiple lenses on the iPhone to, uh, create, uh, it's the, the, um, I want to say fake depth of field. And I say fake with question, you know, with quotation marks. And I'll tell you what I'm thinking about that in a minute. Um, it it uses the lenses to sense the depth to create uh, an out of focus part. So it's the it's like a portrait mode on steroids, and it was like a oh, it's like a fifteen dollar app if you want to buy it and use all the and I bought it a while back and I've talked about it before. You've heard me talk about it with other people and and I've been using it. Actually, I've been using it lately to do a series of shots of. Uh, uh, Chairs that I find on the street. I'm not sure what the series gonna be called yet, but uh, uh, it, it, I find you know chairs in the garbage or loose chairs and and empty chairs, and I and I photograph. Well, you know, <laughs> you heard the stories that the kids told, right? From from a couple of weeks, a couple of episodes ago. Uh, so yeah, I'm using I'm using focus because it's it's creating a look that I want. So I'm walking around greenwood and you know the Burnside is not getting used too much and i'm like well i'm walking around and it's a slightly overcast day so there's not a lot of shadows around there's not a lot of sun and i'm using the uh i find myself looking at the trees now the, the greenwood cemetery is a, a a national arboretum i think it's like i'm gonna this, get this right a class three or class two arboretum because of the uh because the kind of trees that are there and what i what that actually means. I don't know entirely yet, but um, the trees are very, very, you know, well taken care of. Um, a lot of them are very, very old. Uh, some of them date, some of them may date from the beginning of the cemetery or were there even before the cemetery was established. So they're very old, you know, trees from the 1800s and maybe a few of them there. Uh, so, you know, Greenwood, you walk around, and it's a you know it's a cemetery. It's a uh, a place of um, solemn uh, you know uh, symbol solitude and solemn um, uh, you know it's a, it's a cemetery. <laughs> it's a solemn place. I don't know what I'm trying to describe, and uh, but yet it's done in this natural way with these trees. It's like you know walking through a forest in some ways. In some places, uh, in it uh, you know there's ponds in there and there's wildlife. Uh, Anyway, uh, I've always been attracted to the trees. Uh, One of the things I'm attracted to there are the trees there. And so I find myself walking around and I'm like using the Focos app to uh, photograph the trees. Now, I've been there before with the app shooting the trees. This is nothing new. And one of the things I've been doing there is, uh, and this was actually I was walking through there once and I just pulled it out and started taking a shot of a tree. And I realized with the app I couldn't get the entire tree in the shot, mainly because A, I can't move back far enough. And two, uh, you can't really use the ultra wide lens. Well, you can, but the ultra wide lens doesn't let you get a true depth um, uh, photograph uh, because Apple doesn't use the ultra wide lens for depth. It uses the, the, the normal lens, quote unquote, and the telephoto lens, quote unquote, to use those lenses, plus a few other things to, to be able to measure the distance to the object that you're photographing and then create a depth map. Right. So anyway, uh, so I can't shoot the full tree. And so I've decided, well, look, I just want to shoot the tree trunks, right? This is as far as I can get up in the, in, into the tree in terms of uh, my field of view. So I, I, what am I using is I'm, uh, I'm using the focus app because I want to separate the tree from the background. Right. And I could use the portrait mode on the, camera itself, but it's, again, I said Focus is like folk, uh, portrait mode on stories. It does a really, really good job of figuring out where the subject is and blurring out the background. And actually, just so you know, it does a fairly decent job of pictures that you import on it that don't have depth information. I've done some of my chairs that way. I've shot some of my chairs on regular camera uh, and then imported the shot to Focus and then it was able to f- create a depth map, which was pretty reasonable. But Um, one of the things that I, like I took a shot and, um, or I've taken shots there and I've processed them in Lightroom on my phone and I've created black and white versions of these trees. And as I'm doing this suddenly, like something is beginning to click in, in my, my, uh, in this process, right? In the shooting of the trees and the processing of it. And there's something about the trees themselves and in the cemetery, uh, there's, a. I'm not a tree person, but there's a lot of different varieties there. Uh, some of them are really gnarly, old. they they um, their root system. you can see them uh, because they're right next to some of the roads and the root systems are coming out on the on the road banks and stuff like that. And anyway, uh, so uh, so I've been doing this before. So when I'm there on this past Sunday and I'm shooting, uh, actually, in the past two Sundays, I've been there shooting the trees. Something clicked on this Sunday though. Uh, you know, I'll get into that um i'm going around and i'm like you know what you know i put the burn side aside <laughs> basically slung it over my shoulder and i'm like i'm just going to go photograph the trees and i'm going around and i'm I'm using the app and i'm not doing the processing there i'm just doing it you know i can see the 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 depth shot is the preview and i say okay that's good uh and sometimes i'm taking several shots just at different angles and walking around the tree to find a good angle on the tree and uh and so what, what am I getting at here? <laughs> I'm talking a lot. It's 22 minutes. What has he said? I've gone to Greenwood Cemetery a lot, and I have been able to look at the trees, but I have not been able to look at them in the way this app has been able to show them to me. Now, what does that mean? That means, like, like I was, when I let up with lenses, you know, when you, when you see the world through lenses, you're not seeing the world the way your eyes are, generally. Even a 50-millimeter lens, you know, because our, our field of view is very large, you know, 190 degrees, 200, whatever it is, right? Our peripheral vision is big, right? We're not narrowly focused. And I'm talking about people with normal vision, it's, you know, excuse me a we which is, like, the average what vision is like. We don't see what a, the way the lens shows. Even with a 50 millimeter lens, we don't see that way because a 50 millimeter lens can do shallow depth of field. We don't see shallow depth of field. Even if you put your hand in front of your face, you know, I've heard a couple of people say this, I think you can get a sense of depth of field, but it's not exact. You don't get that really soft depth of field with the soft background, uh, even if you can focus your hand, you know, a few inches from you, you can get a simulation of it with your eyes, but I don't think it's the same thing. Again, we're not seeing the world through lenses the way the way cameras see them, you know, the way the camera sees the, by uh, the lenses. So a lens helps us see things in ways that we didn't see before. And that what drives us to photograph with this lens or that lens or shoot the subject with that lens or this lens, because it, it does something, it creates something. So. I'm, I'm, I'm considering focus in a sense, kind of like a lens, right? It's, it, you know, it's showing me, even though it's a camera attached to it, it's showing me the world in a way that it, it's describing, right? With this depth uh, mapping and this soft focus in the background. And, and suddenly I'm looking at the trees and I'm photographing them. And I'm saying, there's something going on here. There's something that I'm beginning to see in the trees themselves, the character. Now I can see the character with my eyes and I can see the character if I shoot with my Fuji, you know, and maybe do some processing and stuff like that. But the, the app is sort of, is, is doing things for me. It's, it's augmenting my vision. You know, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. It's like the bionic man, right? The $6 million man. <laughs> he's got the, uh, he has got the arms, got the legs and suddenly he can do more. And the app is letting me do more. It's letting me see more. It's letting me, um, it's interesting because the app is an invention, right? And, uh, someone made it and put it on the iPhone, used the technology of the iPhone to create it and, uh, you know, put it through it out in the world and see what happens. And for some reason it fell into my lap, you know, and it, and it's clicking. And so I'm looking at the world. I'm looking at this, at this, uh, like I start looking at a tree through this thing. And I see what's great about this app is that you can see the sort of a live preview of how the depth of field is, you know, the quote unquote depth of field is going to work. Now, just to make a, uh, uh, side note here, it is using computational photography of, uh, which we all know about, or at least we're hearing about now, which is, you know, software to help figure out things in the picture, help figure out what's in the foreground, what's in the background and soften the background in such a way. Actually, focus app has really interesting things. It allows you to simulate, uh, different types of out of focus areas, depending on, on, um, simulate different kinds of lenses from the past. And I found a lens in there that, you know, that it's simulating that I like that creates a swirly background that I like that, that, um, speaks to me, I should say, but it's all, it's software related. It's not optics related. It's not using the real Helios lens to create that. It's, it's, it's using the mathematics behind the Helios lens to simulate the out of focus parts or the sharp parts. Right. And, uh, Actually, you know, if you boil it down to optics, it is a lot of math uh, in it as well. So, you know, you can, these simulations, quote unquote, can be very, very good. Uh, they're not optical in a sense that they're not, you know, uh, the out of focus part isn't being created by a piece of glass that has got flaws in it. And let's say flaws or characteristics in it. It is being made on the back end by the software, right? Okay. So some people might think that's not real, and uh, the reason why I want to make a side note for is a, a couple of, a um, few episodes by I'm not going to get the number right, and I'll try to put it in the show notes. Bart Bushatz talked about computational photography on his Let's uh, Let's Talk Photo podcast, which I'm on once in a while. <laughs> it's great to be there, uh, and and that episode to me, after he spoke about computational photography, actually shifted my mindset a bit because I did think that that the uh, competition photography and the and the fake portraitness, the out of focusness was fakery. And after he talked about it, and I'd just rather let you listen to that episode, you know, I got the sense that stuff is happening optically. It's just happening differently. And yes, and there is software involved in this. Uh, and you know it makes me think about like, well, you know, in a hundred years, what is um what's photography gonna look like, you know? Today photography has gotta be as in a sense as alien to to a photographer from the eighteen seventies as, you know, what where we are in a hundred years, what is photography gonna look like, you know? Back then photographer was using uh, you know, a field camera on a tripod and everything was upside down and backwards and you had to put a single sheet of film in there. And today, you know, we're using something that you hold in your hands and Everything that was in the in in the photographer's wagon, which they had to process and suffer through mercury vapors and stuff like that, we we just do when you know in the coffee shop on our phone. Um, so you know, think about that—the difference between that and now—and then think about in a hundred years, like compu- where is computational photography going to be? Will we even be capturing images through lenses anymore? I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe we still will, but I'm sure it'll be just as. Uh, different into us as it, as our technology is to maybe a photographer from 18, you know, 70 or something like that. Um, so anyway, uh, and so will that, you know, the question will be is, will that photography in hundred years, is that true photography? Is that pure photography? I mean, what does that mean? So as I've begin to shift my, my, um, thinking about this and I, I, I give a lot of thanks for Bart for that episode because it did shift my mindset uh, in, in, in the way I thought, thought about this stuff, um, and embraced it actually embraced it. Focus became this app, which is now, uh, you know, in a sense, letting me see the world through its filter. All right. So I'm going around, I'm photographing these trees, tree trunks, actually, I should say, cause I'm not doing the entire tree. I'm just doing the trunk and the exposed roots. I'm actually looking for trees with exposed roots where, where I can at least see the bottom how it's gripping into the ground. I mean, it's to me that's important. And I'm I'm using focus and I'm I'm uh, like I said I'm doing multiple shots and um, I'm waiting till I get home. And I get home and I'm processing them on Lightroom in on my phone. Right, uh, I'm not doing them on the desktop. Although I have a new desktop computer and I'm I'm thinking I'd like to do <laughs> desktop desktop processing again uh, at some point. Well, I am doing it now, but to I mean, I'm like these shots I'm, I'm processing. There's an immediacy to the, you know, I'm sitting in my living room with my iPhone. I've got a set of processing that I, that I like for, for these trees that I'm, you know, essentially copying and pasting and then tweaking depending on the, on the tree. And there was this one shot, which I'll use for the show notes and, and the, uh, and the, uh, uh, MP3 file on this, on this, uh, episode, uh, this one tree, I don't know, it might be a beech tree, and I could be wrong here because I don't know trees. I I always think it's a birch, but birch is not, it's, you know, birch are thin trees. It's kind of, you know, it's a fat birch tree, right? So it's got the white bark. But it's at the edge of the road, and it is really, you can see the, the root patterns, and then I can see the edge of the road, and I took a shot of it, and then I processed it in black and white. I got a really nice black and white out of it. And it struck me that this, this is something I, I could not see before. I could not see with my other cameras. I could not see with my other lenses, any of my, my lenses, all the lenses. I could not see this tree this way. And this app, this camera, this processing, suddenly the characteristic of a tree that I've been looking for walking around there, it, it came out. And... Um, It was like a, it was just like a, it was, my mind got blown when I saw that one picture. And then I went through all my other pictures and I started to see the trees. I started to see them the way I think I see them when I'm walking around, but I just can't record them. Now this, you know, what's leading me is, is the app leading me to create this mindset or did I already have this ahead of time? And then the app is just like, it just fell into my, I don't know what the answer is. Like what, what's happening? Um, I'm open to both directions. I mean, you know, I walk around there and I, you know, I'm generally a a street photographer, right? I'm shooting people. I'm shooting the city. I don't go, you know, I would consider shooting the trees, landscape, nature kind of photography. It's not an urban photography, even though the, 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 um, cemetery is in. Uh, the city it there's nothing about this that says city environment other than it being a, a cemetery in, in some of the pictures with the trees I do leave the monuments right because I do you know it's important for me to get a sense of where this is it's not I'm just trying to just shoot trees these are trees in Greenwood Cemetery so they're part of this some of the trees I shoot don't have the the, the monuments next to them it's just the way they are but some of them do I do include the monuments it's important to that but you know like, I don't know what came... It's like a chicken and an egg kind of thing. I don't know what came first. Did the did the app... Did I start falling in love with the app and the way it... I hate saying app in a way because this is, you know... I don't know what else to say. Uh, did I fall in love with the way that made me see the world or was that always there for me? Like, was... Um, I, I I just needed the right filter, quote-unquote, to see the world the way I think it should be seen. So... It's <laughs> just weird thingy. I'm thinking about like that movie um they live for those of you who don't know it is a uh rowdy roddy piper this this um i think he's he's now passed away uh I could be wrong uh wrestler uh his the story, the basic story where these aliens had came down and started taking over people, and the only way you could see that they were aliens was if you wore these special glasses if you wore these special glasses, these sunglasses you could see. That the aliens were there and they were trying to, uh, you know, subvert humanity. And so, you know, it's just the same thing. Did this focus app come across and all of a sudden it's filtering and it's showing me, you know, uh, the this op screaming in the background, uh, the, showing me the tree. It's true, like you know, underneath the underneath the tree, underneath the qual the qualities of the tree, for me, you know, not you know. There isn't one way to photograph the a tree or anything, right? There's the, I'm photographing the tree the way I think I wanted to see it. You photograph the tree the way you want to see it. If there was only one way to photograph things, we would all just, you know, pack up our bags and be done or multiple ways to photograph things. We each see things differently. We each are looking for something in the subjects that we're trying to photograph and try to find them. Those are all different for each of us, right? We all see different things in, in the things that we photograph. So there's a multitude of that, right? It, there's, it's endless, right? That's why, you know, someone says, well, if I'm going to go to, you know, if I'm going to go to Grand Canyon, why should I shoot any pictures because everybody else has shot them before? Yeah, but you didn't shoot them, right? That's the important thing. You go there and you shoot. Yeah, hey, your picture might look the same as somebody else's, but it's still your shot, you know? And maybe if you explore the place more, if you explore something more, you'll start finding the characteristics of the things that make it interesting to you, right? So... I, you know, I've been going to Greenwood for as long as I've been living in this neighborhood. And, uh, you know, I've seen these trees all the time. And suddenly, you know, focus comes around and I'm using it and it's pulling me. You know, I'm walking around with the phone and I'm and I'm holding it out in front of me. And it's kind of like a guide. And it's the filter. It's the sunglasses that let me see the world for what it is. It's the, you know, the uh, red pill, right? It's letting me see the matrix for what it is. And, uh, and all of a sudden these trees started to come to life to me, you know, each one of them, their story or a story, I could see the story there. I don't know the story. I don't pretend to know it. I don't know what's going on, but I see that there's a story there and, and, and they, and they resonate with me. Right. And so this, um, this idea of, uh, you know, we all want to talk about equipment, like, Oh yeah. A photographer could walk around and, do a job with a single camera we don't you know we don't you know a single camera a single lens we don't need to buy things and that's true you know you know if i had one camera and one lens i could do this all the stuff i want to do but i don't think i'd be able to i wouldn't think i wouldn't be able to see um like in this case i wouldn't have been able to see the trees (laughs) the way i'm seeing them now and again like i sort of offer this question like is it a chicken and egg thing like what what's coming first what's leading me is it I'm looking at the pictures and saying, those are cool. And then I'm like following along and then sort of adding my story to it, saying, yeah, that's how I want to see the trees. Or did I always, always have that in me? Like, uh, the, the way the camera is presenting the trees to me is something that I've always known about myself. I just couldn't quite put in front of me because I didn't have the equipment. The, the filter wasn't there. The lens wasn't there. The, the camera wasn't there to show it to me. To show me the world the way I think I see it. So, I, again, I don't know what's first. I like to think it's the latter, that somewhere in me is this desire to see, a uh, like in this case, a tree, uh, the way Focus is showing it to me. Um, and, uh, you know, the way, and again, I, I look at the pictures, and, and of course, I, I, I process them. They look old-timey, like, well, you know, they... You know, they could have been done with a medium format camera. And I mean, other than the resolution and stuff like that, they, they you know, like an old time Graflex camera or something could have shot these pictures, perhaps, you know, and maybe someone out there is saying, well, you know what, like instead of going around with an iPhone and, and doing it the easy way, maybe you got to grab one of these old field cameras and go out there with film and, and look at it upside down and backwards and, and shoot it in the same way. And it's like, perhaps, maybe. Maybe that would get me the look. I don't know. I'd have to actually go and do it, but I don't necessarily have easy access to that kind of equipment. And uh, and and possibly I might do that, and it might end up being the same as shooting it with the uh, shooting a tree with my Fuji camera. It's like it's not getting me the. This is not the personality. It's not what I saw. So I, you know, I don't know what the answers are. I don't know if I need to I- explore this further in terms of, like. Well, do I need to do it with real cameras? You know, I mean, what uh, who's to say an iPhone isn't a real camera? Or that's like, you know, this is a, the this is just the beginning of, you know, what's going to happen in a hundred years? We we'll all cameras will be things in our glasses, and we'll be like that's that's normal. You know, well, people used to walk around with cameras and hold them in their hands. We we're like, what? What are you talking about? We got them in our glasses now. So you know, what is what is real photography in that sense? And I'm not. That's too far down a road. That's a different discussion. I'm sure. But, uh, and I don't know if any of this makes sense, you know, um, I wonder, you know, if it, if, if it resonates with you or if any of this makes sense or doesn't make sense, please let me know, drop me a line or continue the chat. But, um, there is something about looking at the world through the filter that then resonates with the way we think we see the world, you know, and what is wrong with that? There's, there's, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, and whatever it is that we use to create the, the photograph that pleases us the most, that resonates, that, that tells our story. That's the way, or basically is like not telling our story, but like showing the world how I see things, right? So when you see these pictures of the trees, this is how I see the trees. This is my way of seeing the trees. It may not be your way of seeing the trees. You know, you might see them a different way, but this is the closest way that I can let you see what's going on for me in my mind. These pictures, you know, and this is just for these trees. Like that's not the same for my cats. So it's not the same for my street photography. Everything is slightly different. Everything is different. You know, that's maybe why we have multiple cameras and multiple lenses because everything is going to be uh, sort of a doorway into how we see the world. We don't all, we don't see everything the same way. You know, I don't look at the trees the same way I look at the people in my neighborhood or the same way I look at the sunrises that I photograph in the morning. They're all different and they're all equally valid. You know, Uh, someone might say, well, that's not your style. You're a street photographer. And like, I don't, I don't listen to that. I take the pictures that, that, that draw me. I take the pictures of things that, you know, um, you know, that, uh, how do I describe this? My, uh, hmm. I don't quite get this. the The language of the photograph that I'm creating is appropriate to the subject, right? But not every uh, not every subject has the same language. You know, it doesn't have the same doesn't require the same equipment. You know, uh, so I I might use Focus App on street photography. Does it work? No, it doesn't work. Because it's not a it's not you know a it's not practical, but b it's not the way I it's not the way I see the street. You know. Uh, so anyway, this this is kind of the, um, kind of a long story about this stuff. Uh, but I did want to say that I've had this, this kind of this revelation, you know? Uh, and finally I've got, like, I've got pictures that it's so rare that I find photographs of my, my, uh, that I want to hang up on my wall, my own photographs. Not that I don't like them. I just feel weird about it, you know, like, oh, those are, and, and it's funny because we come into my apartment now, my, 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 my walls are full of my photographs <laughs> and why is that? They're just left over from, we had an open studio thing in their neighborhood once and I, I set up my apartment as a studio and so I left all the pictures up on the wall. They've been up there for a while and plus, you know, instead of having blank walls, we've got, we've got pictures hanging up, but uh, these pictures that I do of these trees, like I'm thinking, wow, I really want to print, like these I want to print. And I know how I want to print them. I want to print them small. They require, I think, moving into them closely to, there you go, <laughs> moving into them to look at the detail closely, like not trying to mimic the size of a tree, but mimic you know, something small. I do have three of the shots of the chairs that, uh, I got printed at a place called fracture that prints on glass and uh, they're gonna go up in my living room my wife and I picked three shots out because I've been doing an, a lot of these shots of chairs I'm also using Focos app for that because that's also that's different than the trees by the way it's giving me the, it's giving me the same kind of effect but it's in different environments and it's it's speaking to me differently so it's yeah I'm using I'm using focus on the street but it's a different kind of street photography but anyway I got those coming up I'm, they'll be going up on my wall my living room wall and I'll, when I'm done with them I'll take a picture of them uh to show you but and i'm really because i'm really excited about that series as well i mean there's very few series of my own work that i get really excited about for myself i mean i love my pictures but you know that you might some of you might know that You're like yeah i want to hang up my own pictures because you feel weird about it. it's like why do i want to like it's all about me but you know i look sometimes it could step out of your own pictures and say that's a good picture that's a good photograph you know even if i did make it like, even if I, or if I, even if I didn't make it, if that wasn't me who made the shot, I would actually like that picture. I like the, I'd buy it and hang it up on my wall, you know, it'd be that kind of feeling. That's what I've got with these chair shots, and that's certainly what I have with these, these tree images. So, anyway, this is a long-winded way of me saying, like, buy things, <laughs> buy your, but, you know, Sometimes what you buy like you buy a new lens sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work you know it doesn't fit your vision of the world and that's fine uh, but sometimes when it does you know go with it and follow it and whether whether it's a lens or a camera or an app or whatever I mean i there's there are things that drive us is it a computer program is it i, I can't there's no end to this thing but things move you along to help you create and help—I mean, that's what we're here to do—is to translate our experience to the world and, and show it to people and, and have them uh, have them uh, be able to see at least a little bit of the way you see the world, right? So uh, that's it. <laughs> that's all I got to say. The uh, the opening quote uh, is from Ansel Adams. And I really thought I was looking through Ansel Adams' uh, quotes. I wanted to have an Ansel Adams quote because I, I think he was very much into the technology of photography as well. I mean, you know, he's got the books, the print, the negative, the camera, uh, and so he's a technician as well. But you know, also the artist and and the uh, sensitive person inside. You know, he was a music, musician. I think he was a piano player before he became a photographer. I think so. I could be wrong. Um, and so when he says a photograph is an instrument of love and revelation, uh, you know, well, you know, I'll say the quote again. A photograph is an instrument of love and revelation that must see beneath the surfaces and record the qualities of nature and humanity. Which live in all things. And I thought that really resonated with what I was trying to tell you about what I'm doing with the trees. It's in a sense almost doesn't matter that I'm using an app on a phone that's been made by somebody and it's simulating quote unquote depth and out-of-focusness because the end result is a photograph that is telling us uh it's recording the qualities and humanity of nature and uh which is in all things. And that is kind of what I'm trying to get across. Well, anyway. Thanks for hanging in with me for this long. Um, I don't know when my nep- next episode is, but I do have a, uh, an interview I'm setting up in the next week. So I might, you know, uh, next week or two if the person is available. Uh, and once I record that, it'll come out. So I might actually have another episode in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm kind of, you know, again, putting on an episode is just dependent on where my psyche is in terms of uh, what's going on in my life here at home. Uh, with stuff. Uh, But today my energies were up and uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, while the energy is up that I could share it with you guys. So thanks for hanging in with me. Uh, Again, I appreciate your um, words of support and help. And, uh, uh, you know, as much as I can, I will uh, relate to you what's going on. um, And uh, I really enjoy uh, you guys spending some time with me. And I really enjoy sharing uh, my photography experience with you. So until next time, I won't say until when that is, but until next time, uh, take care of yourselves and uh, I'll see you later.